Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bravo Papers Weekly News. And we have got a lot to cover today. Oh, my goodness. Um, So quickly, before we start, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe, tell someone, share the pod, spread the news, get on your soapbox and tell everyone anyone who loves Bravo or maybe someone who's dabbling in Bravo and needs to be pulled in more. We might as well spread our addiction around, right? Also, make sure you are following my podcast Instagram at the Bravo Papers so you can get updates on new episodes and any accompanying pictures, video clips, information um, that I might make reference to in an episode. And please, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Bravo Papers. You just put the Bravo Papers in on YouTube search. You know how to do that. And just hit that subscribe. Thank you so much to everyone who did. So many people did. After last episode, I was like, holy crap. So, like, I was not even expecting that many. So it really... Like, honestly, this sounds so cheesy, but (laughs) it it touched my heart, okay? It means a lot. It really does. Um, Your efforts are not, they do not go unnoticed. And I got so many kind messages from people being like, you give us so much content. It's the least we can do, like stuff like that. I was like, damn, like just there's, you know, we always talk about the negative on the internet, but there is a lot of positive too. So... Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because there are so many good people and we just we never get to talk about them. So shout out to all you good people, which I think is, I mean, for sure, it's all my listeners. Duh. Anyways, so (laughs) let's talk about responses to Bethany and Raquel. Okay, so since the last time I did a weekly episode a week ago, there have been some responses to that, um, you know, very controversial, to say the least, episode that Bethany recorded with Raquel. Again, if you have been, I don't know, living under a rock or something, just go and listen to my bonus episodes. I cover it all. I give all the details. Um, So there's been responses from Stassi on her podcast, Lala, on her podcast, and then Ariana and Sheena together on Sheena's podcast. So I'm going to talk about what Stassi said, then Lala, then I'm going to do Sheena and Ariana last because it's the longest and the most important in my opinion. Um, So Stassi, there's not a ton to say. She didn't say anything that was like that shocking to me. One thing that she did say though, and this kind of made the rounds on social media, was that she one thing she did agree with Raquel about was that they do production, etc., does cover for the men a lot, and that you know there were times where she was upset or needed support or 
you know, things happened, I guess, that were questionable, unethical, and that the men were covered up for. So make what you will of that. I think that kind of, you know, does support um, maybe, I guess, Bethany's stance on things. And again, does that make Bethany right about everything? No. She's right about a couple things, but I mean, of course. She says so much. She's bound to be right about something. It's a numbers game at this point. Um, And, you know, no one's ever disputed, Bethany, that there are probably immoral things that happen, like discrimination, etc. That's not the point. The point is the way she's going about it is not going to garner much success and is largely performative, which there is more evidence of, to be honest, which I'm going to go into later on this episode. Um, One other thing I thought that Stassi confirmed that I thought was important was that pay does go by seniority. Because a big point of contention was like, oh, is that number that LVP threw out of 361, uh, 361,000 for the season for Raquel, is that an accurate number? Well, it seems like it is. So Stassi felt like she didn't know. Okay, so she, and she was kind of like, I don't know, it kind of sounds fake, da da da. But it is accurate, which I'm going to tell you why later. Basically, it was confirmed by Sheena, and, and I'll get into it later. But she did confirm that the pay goes by seniority. And she even said that if you remember back in, I think it was season three after Stasi left, she then she came back. Now, because she left, she said she had to start again from like year one. So she was actually getting paid less than... Kristen, Tom, Tom, Jax, etc., because she had left and it's seniority based. So that's why it's kind of like, you know, Raquel's just out of her mind thinking that she's going to get the exact same amount as people who've been principals on the show for 10 years or whatever. Because that's the other thing. It's not just about when you started. It's also about being a principal on the show which she was not a principal, which means like a main uh, full-time character, whatever you want to call them, until season nine, right? Like seasons, all the other seasons before that she was on those three years, she was James's girlfriend. Yes, that's in real life, but she was a, you know, kind of in a friend of supporting role. I remember that from when I did my Raquel deep dive, which is my very first episode. You can find that just by searching on Wikipedia. (laughs) So, you know, anyways. So I thought that was interesting just to confirm, you know, she really did make a lot of money and her demand for more was, I mean, it was delusional to say the least. You know, she tried, but She tried to get more, and it was clearly a mistake. Okay, so let's go to Lala on Give Them Lala. So Lala and her co-host discussed it. Um, You know, Lala said, I thought this was funny. Lala's like, it was a hit, the episode, but it didn't hit. As in, it was a hit, lots of numbers, success in terms of listens and all that, but it didn't hit in that everyone hated it and had a lot of criticisms of it. So 
She says that she is glad that Raquel got to tell her story and that she has the right to, but Bethany exploited her. So, you know, nothing that we wouldn't expect. She says Raquel made the choice to sleep with her best friend's man. And no one asked her to do that. No one forced her to do that. That was her choice. She also chose to try and hide it from production and all that. So basically Lala's perspective is that Raquel, she's not the victim of, you know, evil producers on a show who set her up for this storyline and there was a big conspiracy. Like she made these choices, which I fully agree with. She also said, not surprisingly, Raquel's very easy to manipulate and that it seemed like Bethany would kind of put ideas out there. And and I liked how she said this and Raquel would be like, oh yeah, that's what I think. That is exactly what happened. Raquel would hear Bethany say something and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Like she's, she's the highly, highly suggestible type, which that's really what she should be working on in therapy is <laughs> being the highly suggestible type. Um, you know, Lala also says that they know what they're signing up for. Raquel was trying to hide things, if anything. Um, you know, she wasn't open. And so it, it, what the affair never actually was on camera, right? And Lala even said, like, I was the first one to go to producers and be like, something is suspicious. And they were like, no, it's not happening. So she's like, producers weren't even like really listening to her. They were just like, no, yeah, whatever. It's not like they're not actually whatever. Um, And yeah, reminder, Raquel and Tom were trying to get away with it. This did not happen on camera. And then the producers monopolized and sensationalized it and, you know, used it or manipulated it. Like, no, this all happened off camera. Lala also says the, and this is what I think was one of the most important parts of this, was that the conversation in Vegas. So, okay, Raquel, just to remind everyone, Raquel says that in Vegas, when they weren't filming in the hotel, after she said the whole like, oh, good thing you don't have a man or whatever, that Lala and them acted all like appalled by that. But then off camera, we're like, oh my God, that was amazing. It was reality TV gold. You're doing so well. Lala says that conversation never happened. She said that's a complete false lie. She said, you know, the cameras went down, they went to sleep. And the next time they were all on camera was literally the next morning when we, you know, see them all waking up. She, or when we see like Raquel coming in, kind of looking embarrassed, whatever. Lala says, I never said she was reality TV gold, and that's a fact. I said this when I did my my bonus episode of the Raquel Bethany interview. I That just doesn't sound believable to me. I just don't think Lala would say that. It just doesn't, like, if you're going to make up a lie about what someone says, it's got to kind of be in, like, their voice. I, I just don't think Lala would say that. Anyways. Um, so in terms of equal pay... She confirms, just like Stassi, that OG cast members get paid more. You're not going to get more for having an affair. You don't get a bonus. She says no matter what you do, the pay is the pay. They don't add extra based on like how much drama you create. And you get paid per episode that you're in. Okay? She adds that she... You, the most you could do is ask for... like They get a raise every year and there's like a standard amount. 
So she's like, you could have asked for a little bit more than whatever that raise was. So you can negotiate how much the raise is going to be. But that's it. But you're not going to, like, be able to get up to the seniority level of someone who's been on the show for 10 years. Okay? The other thing that... So, again, like, that kind of goes against... I just think... And I think there, this isn't spoken enough about when it comes to Raquel. She's got a real sense of entitlement. Like, I think, again, I think because she's, like, this, like, pretty, thin, white girl, like, whatever, I really feel like she's always had things handed to her and has had people kind of be like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful, you're so this, and, like, you're so whatever. Like, I really feel like because of that, she thinks that she is entitled to things. And she's not. That's it. So the other thing is that Lala said she did not purchase Brock's home because Raquel's like, oh, she purchased the home that Brock wanted. She says that's a complete lie and that Brock and Sheena told her about the house. And she's like, why would he want it? He has the house next door. Like they were like, Lala, you should buy this so we can be neighbors so Ocean and Summer can play. Which... I mean, it makes so much sense. Like, are like, are we out here feeling like Brock can afford a second home? Like, I don't think Brock can afford his first home. <laughs> That's all Sheena. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's so stupid when you really think about it. Like, I remember when I heard Raquel say that, I was like, why would Brock want another house on the same street that he already lives on? Like, she's like, he has a house. Like, it wasn't like he didn't have a house yet and he was shopping. He already had his house. So anyways, whatever. She also says that she purchased the home before Send It to Daryl. So it technically wasn't with Send It to Daryl money. But then later, the Send It to Daryl thing happened. That was like an authentic thing that happened. And she did use money from that to pay down her mortgage. Because who wouldn't? That's the smart thing to do. But it's not like... You know, she was like, oh, I made money off, sent it to Daryl, let me buy a house. She'd already bought the house. That transaction had already occurred. She says, like we all, like I said, Raquel could have made merch. She could have made money. She could have monetized this. But she didn't. And it's not Lala's fault that she says funny things, that she did that rant with send it to Daryl, which she also reminds us she removed after nine minutes because then she thought it was a bad idea. It's not like she did the rant knowing it was going to turn into something that people loved, right? She just did it, realized and saw everyone quoting it and saw Bravo accounts like Etsy ones, whatever, making their own send it to Daryl stuff. And she was like, I'll make my own. So she says, you know, Raquel can't be mad that people are quote-unquote, making moves, and she's not. Which, again, I, like, I really think that Raquel needs to be mad at herself. And she's so mad at herself that she's projecting it outward. <laughs> so, I like, that's really, I feel like, what's going on. Um, she even says that at the beginning of the season, before Scandaval broke, so this was before um, everyone found out about the fair, the affair, but they were filming. Raquel had a good idea for a merch thing, I guess, that she wanted to start for her fans because she did have a lot of fans going into season 10. And Lala was encouraging her, told her about a really good manufacturer who I guess Lala uses for her stuff, who has the best textiles, etc. But Raquel never did it. So it's like, girl, 
if you want to make money, you need, like, not to sound like Kim Kardashian, but get your fucking ass up and work. Besides sleeping with your friend's man. Anyways. Raquel's life was at a crossroads, Lala says, and she made all the choices she did. She decided to sleep with Tom. She decided to give up Graham. She says it's ridiculous to say Graham is being used as a storyline because the show films their real lives. And in their real lives, James was called to get his dog. And she says that's his real life. I mean, she's not wrong. Like, Lala's not wrong. I'm sorry. Like, yes, is technically, though, it's all about the way you spin this. You could spin it as Graham's being used for a storyline, but you could also spin it as this is what's actually happening in James's life. So it's, of course, it probably will be used as a storyline. And a lot of that's going to be up to production. So again, like to me, she's not a victim in that situation either. Lala also says, lastly, that it's a travesty that Raquel didn't come back. She won't, she says she definitely should have. And she won't get specific about why. And I am so curious. I think, okay, here's my prediction. This is a complete guess, by the way, guys. Okay. But my my guess is that she probably thinks that Raquel should have come back because, and this is what I think too, I think it would have been a more forgiving pro-Raquel Sandoval is the devil kind of narrative. I think that Tom would have been made out to be the sort of like manipulative, you know, narcissist that like took this innocent dumb girl and like, you know, convinced her and sold her like a a bag of lies about his relationship being fake and about how he had broken up with her when he had it. Like, I really think that they would have gone down that path and that it could have given Raquel a chance to spill more tea about Tom, make him look even worse. And I think she could have had a redemption. So Lala says in, this is what Lala says, it's it's vague, but that's what I think she's pointing at. But she says, I think Raquel would have been very surprised if she had come back. So there you go. <laughs> to me, that's what that means. But again, it's open to interpretation. There could be something we don't know. I don't know. Um, Lala says that instead she went and hooked up with someone who hates Bravo, which is Bethany. And kind of comments that, you know, Beth, the reason Bethany has Be Strong and Skinny Girl is because of Bravo. So I guess Bethany would disagree with that. But again, it's arguable. It really is. All right, let's move on to Ariana on Shenanigans. I loved this interview. This was one interview where I was really enthralled and engrossed in it. I really enjoyed listening to it. I thought Ariana was, and, I, and I'm not saying this because like, you know, she got cheated on and blah, blah, blah. Because I, I actually haven't always been a huge Ariana fan, but she she was articulate. She was thoughtful about everything she said. And I think that was very smart. And, you know, I think Everything she said was so just logical, made sense, and tracked. Unlike 
Raquel. It was really the opposite of Raquel's interview where everything she said wasn't logical, didn't make sense, and didn't track. Okay, well, not everything, but most. Okay, so I wrote down some key points. I'm not going to go over every detail, but I do suggest that you listen to it. I do think it was insightful and it gave a lot of information that I think I think every Vanderpump Rules fan should have before going into season 11. Obviously, they're not going to, but a lot are. So I think a lot of people listen to this episode. So Ariana starts by saying, and I'm not really going in order because I just kind of wrote like my main takeaways and what I thought were the most important things that she says. But basically, she's upset that Bethany is speaking for her, which completely makes sense when, you know, Bethany doesn't even know her, doesn't know her relationship, was never privy to it, and clearly didn't even know it on a show level because she didn't do her research, didn't watch the show. Obviously. I mean, and that that's the part that's the most, I think that's the most angering about the Bethany Raquel interview, and I think is why it bothered people so much, is that Bethany is taking a woman who has been through something horrific, who is now facing a lot of misogyny and hatred, even though she was the one who was wronged in the first place, right? Like people starting to get annoyed by how many sponsorships and how much money she's making. That wouldn't happen if this was a man. It just wouldn't. You know, people getting annoyed with her being a victim, even though, like, she's not playing a victim. This is what happened, right? So Bethany putting out that narrative that, you know, Ariana is somehow maliciously set this all up, mm, I can understand why that's upsetting, right? Ariana hasn't said a ton. Like, she did the Call Her Daddy interview, she did the reunion, and... Now she's doing this, and seemingly it's because Bethany and Raquel did the interview, so she kind of has to respond now, and I don't blame her. Ariana is says she's not mad that Raquel did the interview. She totally expected that she would eventually speak and do an interview. However, she feels kind of, like, confused about why she's telling lies, and she's also saying, like, she also said, I don't know if she really believes these lies or if she knows she's telling lies or if she like doing it maliciously. Ariana, we are all wondering this. Um, it's it's really up for debate. I lean towards I think she knows she's lying, but I do think on some level, whether it's subconscious or not, she does feel truly like she's a victim. So I don't know. I think it might be a little of both. She also, though, confirmed that she does feel like Raquel is just still listening to Tom and goes with everything he says and that she should have learned by now, which that to me was the main takeaway because all the stuff that she was saying about, you know, their relationship being fake on the Bethany interview, like I was really shocked that Raquel was still putting all that out there because that's all like, and I said this on my bonus uh, episode, that's all that old stuff that Sandoval was saying that was basically disproven. So it does seem like she's still listening to him. And she should have learned by now, but she hasn't. The other thing is that, you know, the way she spoke about him 
you know, she did sort of bring up the sex tape thing and what he did, but she mostly blamed it on Ariana. So it sounds to me like, I don't know, I think she, even though Tom wrong is the one who really wronged her, I think she's still, she's still talking to Tom. She still has feelings for Tom. I think she's still on the Tom train. And that's why she's still going with some of this kind of narrative that he's putting out there. In regards to Bethany crying about what Ariana said at the reunion, Ariana said, well, guess what? I'm also someone's daughter. Thank you, Ariana. I said that in my bonus episode. Ariana is also someone's daughter who also has a mom. And she said, my mom was devastated by the betrayal and what happened to me and didn't think that my harsh words at the reunion were that bad considering what was done to me. Totally. Checkmate. Done. Thank you. She reminds everyone the reunion was three weeks after they found out and that she went just as hard on Tom, which I totally agree with. They all did. Again, the reason it doesn't seem as bad is because Tom never shuts up and he fights back. (laughs) Um, She refutes the claim that they weren't really friends. She said, we did hang out off camera. And she seemed a little confused about why... Raquel would even lie about this because it's so easy to refute. There's photographic evidence. You know, there's like the videos and pictures that were on Insta, whatever. And she's like, we hung out as recently as the Saturday before the Wednesday that she found out. Okay. So (laughs) like that is, so just a few days before Ariana found out. She was hanging out with her off camera, not filming. Sheena also co-signs this and is like, yeah, I remember the video of you guys. And she was like dancing on you. And Sheena said she remembers it being weird and her being like a little like, "Mm," because I guess Sheena had suspicions at this point. She also says, Sheena says that at one point they needed her apartment because Brock, I guess, had family coming in from Australia and Raquel needed somewhere else to stay. And the next place she went to was Ariana and Tom. So like, yeah, they were like the next friends in line. But they're not that close. Okay. Ariana thinks, you know, the and I think this is what we all think. The original plan was that he would break up with her, go on Winterhouse, be like the likable fun guy who had like the lights and costumes and like, you know, remind everyone he's so great. And then after breaking up with Ariana and, you know, having some time off season, it would just be like him and Raquel just like naturally started dating and it would just be like, oops, you know, it just happened. So yeah, it makes sense, right? And she discusses the seed planting that happened in season 10 and how hurtful that was to her because he was really just putting out the idea that it was her fault and that she didn't like him. She was bitchy. She wasn't receptive to being a good girlfriend. You know, but they went to counseling. They tried to make their relationship better, which it did get better. But she thinks now looking back, he was generally happier because he was like on a high from having this affair with Raquel. He had like a fair brain or whatever. And the, you know, the couple's therapy was really just a lie (laughs) to kind of manipulate further, right? So that Tom could later be like, I did everything to save the relationship, right? Again, this was all well thought out by Tom. 
Not as well thought out by Raquel, but Raquel was, like, along for the ride. And she was complicit and she was fine with it, so I'm not excusing her. You know, and Ariana said something that I thought was something we all need to be reminded of. She said, yes, I can be a bitch. I can be moody as fuck. I can be annoying. All that. Like, we all are sometimes. But that doesn't mean that she deserves what happened to her. And that it's really hurtful that people are trying to justify it in some way. Exactly. There are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, Ariana's like, you know, like, she's bitchy. She didn't have sex with him a lot. Oh, I never liked her on all the other seasons. Like, there are people who are out there still pushing that narrative. It's a, even if all that stuff is true, none of it matters. Because none of it means that she deserved this. And I think that's why, you know, I think that's why Ariana had to speak out in this way because Raquel and Bethany are really trying to diminish the relationships that she had in order to excuse the affair. She says that's the most hurtful thing to her because her relationship was very real and she was fully committed to it. She says she also thinks, and I think this is interesting, that season 11 is going to be a smear campaign by Tom Sandoval. So that, you know, we kind of, as viewers, all need to be ready for that. Um, because he's going to try to relieve himself of wrongdoing and responsibility. He's going to try to justify his actions. He's going to try to make it seem not as bad. Again, he's going to diminish the relationship. He's going to up the ante of, like, talking shit about her. Just like Bethany and Raquel did on the podcast. So be ready for it. All right, Valentine's Day conversation. So again, you know, she makes reference to the fact that Tom and somewhat Raquel are kind of going with this like, oh, like he tried to break up with her. She says it was not a breakup. Yes, they had a long conversation that night about their relationship in like the middle of the night. She says maybe he was trying to do it, but, you know, he didn't go through with it, which we've all... <laughs> been in relationships with someone who was too much of a wuss to break up or maybe you were that person where you know you're like oh, okay I'll do it tomorrow you know like you you chicken out it happens or you just kind of like are like all right let's give it another chance like you know what I mean like you you go in thinking you're gonna break up and then you end up talking about the relationship and then you're kind of like oh maybe I don't want to like I could see that that happens like, life is not black and white. It's not like you break up or you don't break up. Um, she says, if he had said, like, we are done, I am breaking up with you, I'm out, I packed a bag, that would be different. But that's not what happened. They just had to talk about their relationship. She says that in season 11, Sandoval's going to try and spin it like he did break up with her and that she just refused to, like, believe it and wouldn't let it happen, which is not accurate. Um, she also says, in regards to the... Um, season 10 conversation where Raquel and Ariana were talking about her and Tom's like sex life or whatever. So this was on the finale episode where the two of them are talking at the bar. She says there's more to that conversation that didn't make it on the show, but basically, you know, from what we saw, she was crying to her about her body image, all that kind of stuff. And she said, you know, she was actually excited to be having that conversation with Raquel on camera because she felt like, okay, Raquel is one of my friends who knows the relationship. She hangs out with us as a couple. So she 
clarifies, Ariana clarifies that when she says Katie and Lala aren't in her quote unquote inner circle, it doesn't mean that they're not close friends, but that they weren't around her and Tom as a couple. So when they would go and do like Coachella or go to like a cottage, like stuff like that, and do it like coupley with like her friends, like her friends who were friends kind of with them as a couple, that's what she means. So she felt like they didn't know the relationship and what it was. And she does say, you know, yes, they turned out to be right about a lot of it, obviously. She's like, but that's why I didn't want to have the conversation on camera with Lala because she didn't hang out with us as a couple. Okay, because if we all remember back, there was that on-camera conversation that that they did end up happening, but that we all heard Ariana tried to kind of shut down because she didn't initially want to have it. And we didn't hear that about the one with her and Raquel. So clearly, I guess she does have certain people she's okay with talking to about her relationship, depending on, you know, what they see, the ways that they hang out, which, I mean, I get it. Like, I have some friends who we mostly hang out as couples, like maybe their husbands are friends with mine or whatever. And I have other friends that I mostly just hang out like, you know, just me and them. Like, it just depends. So I get that. But I will say there is something to be said for sometimes listening to the people who are more neutral or on the outside of your relationship, because oftentimes they can see it. I don't know. They can see it clearly when you can. Sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to see it clearly. And that can go for friends too. Friends who know you and love you as a couple, like, you know, they can also be kind of biased in some way, or they might think they might make excuses just like you do for your partner, right? Because they want you guys to make it. They want you to stay together. Like sometimes people who are outsiders can actually shed light and you know, I think that's one thing maybe that Ariana kind of missed out on was maybe giving a little bit more credence to Katie and Lala's perspectives, which I hope, you know, maybe she's learned from. So we'll see. Um, Ariana says, and this was really sad, but she's basically like, I was a joke to them. She's like, the whole time Raquel and Tom had this secret and they were laughing at me. They didn't care that Charlotte died or her grandma She says, every I love you was fake. She says, quote, I was a joke. I was a fucking joke to them. So yeah, I'm going to have some pretty harsh words, which I mean, yes, you get it, girl, because I would too. She says that Raquel's longevity comment. So if you remember, Raquel said, oh, I would have never done this if I thought the relationship had longevity. Ariana says, yeah, we were together for nine years. I would call that longevity, which is a great point. Like, they already had longevity. You're breaking up a nine-year relationship. (laughs) It's like, she also says that, you know, they were not a brand. They were not a business, her and Tom. She said all that comes from Tom telling, you know, selling that to Raquel. She's like, the only brand stuff they did together was the cocktail book and like one other like Alka-Seltzer ad or something. And she's like, besides that, there was nothing. And she's like, he was my partner. She's like, I don't like cuddle with my partner and sleep with my partner, my business partner, sorry. She's like, that wasn't what our relationship was. Um, she also said she found 
Bethany's comments about them not being married or having kids very insulting because like the implication is if you're not married or you don't have kids, then your relationship is somehow less meaningful, which she's, she's got a point. She does. I mean, maybe Bethany meant like they don't have to grapple with like custody and like, I don't know, divorce papers and stuff, but Eh, I do think that was what Bethany was... I think Bethany was trying to diminish it, just like Raquel was. Because diminishing it and making it all seem like a fake TV thing, like, that goes with Bethany's agenda of taking down Bravo. Um, In regards to them living together, Ariana says that she, you know, first of all, yes, they're in the same house, but they do not see each other. She has her own room, which she calls kind of like an apartment, which I can see that their house is big. It probably has its own bathroom and it probably has like a couch and a sitting area. It's not like a tiny little shoebox room. She says she sleeps with her door locked. Yes, she goes in the kitchen and communal areas, but, you know, they have the go between text so they don't see each other. She says she's super busy. She has tons going on. So she's not even there that much. And she also says, like, her cat, Kitty, is really old, and the move would be hard because she's territorial. She's kind of, like, on her last, you know, year. It sounds like she's not going to last much longer, the cat. Um, And that last time they moved, she was freaked out, anxious. She tried to dart out the door. She went up a tree. (laughs) They had to call the fire department, which is sad. I mean, listen, I'm a cat person. I had a cat. He was really old. He was like almost 18 years old when he died. And yeah, moves were hard. Like we moved a couple times and luckily he wasn't super old when we moved the last time. But I do understand like when we moved into our first house out of my parents' house, he was like, I I mean, he like hid under the basement stairs for days And it was like he would only come out at certain times and he was like super, you know, nervous. So I get it. I get what she's saying. Um, She also says that, you know, and I think that's important to note because like Bethany's trying to make it out like, oh, they're living together. So that must mean that they're still like, you know, they're all cool with each other and blah, 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 which is just ridiculous. Her and Sheena both also say the show was not getting canceled. Which I said this too. I spoke about this on my podcast. They they were not on the chopping block after season 10. They were maybe on the chopping block after season 9. But season 10 was already a go. And they both say the filming of season 11 went really well. And everyone was happy with it. Production was happy with it. Bravo was happy. They were all happy. And it's just, it's crazy to say like, oh, they were going to be canceled. I mean, if you look back on the season, and I remember people tweeting this on the finale, people were like, damn, that was a good finale even without the Scandal thing. It had like Katie taking, like going out back with Schwartz and then Raquel comes and she yells at them. Like it was a really good finale. It had Kristen like yelling at Tom, like, why don't you defend your, your girlfriends over here crying and you're you know, you're yelling at Katie and like, it was just, it was chaotic and it was a really good, it was still a good season. It just was. So she's like, I would not blow up my life for this show. She's like, I do love the show. She's like, but I would not fuck up my entire life for it. 
She's also like, I'm the one who brought it to production anyways. Once I found out they were cheating, I'm the one who texted them. She's like, it's not. So she acts like she's the one who saved the show. She's like, she was never going to tell them. So she only saved the show because Ariana texted and made her. <laughs> like, really, Ariana saved the show. If we're going to do that narrative, which I am not buying into still, because I don't think the show necessarily needed to be saved. Sorry if you could hear my chair creaking there. She also mentions like, yeah, I also I pay a mortgage. It's expensive. She has money in a lot of places. She's trying to set herself up for a successful future. You know, she's like, we, I can't just like sell the house and like, I'm not, why is she the one that has to move out and, or make a bad financial decision? She shouldn't have to, which I totally agree with. Um, in terms of women getting more backlash, because that was something Raquel and Bethany talked about, Ariana says, yes, there's truth to this, but she does say that she thinks that Tom and Raquel are being portrayed a lot based on the moves that they are deciding to make post scandal which is true. We can't just discount the actions and the moves that they've made. Raquel went away, and she says, besides sending postcards to her home, he went on tour and he came back to the show. Raquel decided not to. And, you know, Ariana says, I think that's the right choice because if she is struggling with her mental health, you know, it, it's not a good place if you're struggling with your mental health. And, you know, but we know it's really more about the pay, right? And she's like, well, I know Raquel was never going to get what she wanted in terms of pay. And she also says, overall, Tom has gotten backlash pretty hard. And she's like, I think he's gotten it as much, but it's been somewhat different because of the way that he's reacted. She also is like, the backlash he's they've gotten from me? She's like, Tom has definitely got it worse from me. <laughs> so there's that. Um, okay. This is another important point. Sheena says that she knows for a fact that Raquel did make $361,000 because she helped Raquel get the attorney who was able to negotiate 19,000 an episode times 19 episodes is 361,000. So there we go. That's what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about, you know, the Stasi reaction. Yeah. Girl, you made $361,000 for that season. That is amazing. And the fact that she said no to whatever the raise was for the next season, like, she's... That's wild to me. I don't know. I would do it, guys. I gotta be honest. <laughs> All right. Ariana says that she's also just a reminder for people who are doing the, like, why is Raquel getting it so much worse than Tom? Like, she reminds people she's also been the target of hate and she has received threats, but she didn't, quote-unquote, overreact and call the FBI like someone, Raquel. She says, Raquel, you know, what Raquel could have done is come to her and say, hey, your boyfriend's hitting on me. He's making me feel uncomfortable. She's like, or she could have confessed at any point during the affair. But at the end of the day, she chose not to. So there you go. Um, in response to the video, I think this is important, the, um, the sex tape or whatever we're going to call it. She says she has not shown the video to anyone. She did not you know, 
watch the whole thing or hold on to it for any reason. She said the video was gone before she even called Raquel on the phone to confront her. She said she saw maybe five seconds and then turned it off. And she's like, I don't know what she's talking about with people describing details. She's like, because there were not a lot of details. She's like, it was, you know, she's like, I watched five seconds and it was pretty straightforward what it was. She also says that when they got sent the cease and desist with the video, her lawyer wrote back to Raquel's lawyer and made it clear that the video was already gone and that it was not being shared and that he sent proof of this, which I don't know what that is, but I guess, I don't know. And, you know, and Ariana even says, though, she thinks the cease and desist was fair and that any woman in that situation should send one out just to be safe, of course, which I don't think anyone is saying that, you know, Raquel was overreacting for sharing that. No. What people are annoyed about is that she's not putting the blame where it belongs on the person who actually made a copy of it without consent, which is Tom Sandoval. If anything, he's the only person that she still seems to want to, you know, have a relationship with. She was trying to get him to, you know, move out of Ariana's house and live in her apartment. So, like, clearly it's not a, it's not even, she's not even that mad. About, it seems like she's not even that mad about the tape. She's more just looking for any way to villainize Ariana. That's my perspective. I mean, maybe she is mad about the tape. Because maybe she's got kind of like Stockholm Syndrome a little bit, you know, like Tom did that and she's mad about it, but she also kind of loves him. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, lastly, Sheena says that the restraining order was a crisis PR strategy for Raquel and that she did not punch her. <laughs> uh, the jury's still out on that one, Sheena, but you know what? Either way... Raquel didn't show up to the court date. She dropped She dropped it. She dropped the restraining order. So you need to stop talking about it. Either you're going to press charges or you're not. I don't know what else to tell you. It's kind of just like getting old at this point. And this is kind of a very recent update to this whole story, which is that on Bravo T with Jared B., which is a Bravo content creator. Um, he put up a video kind of talking about basically Raquel in the interview and how she's not taking responsibility and, and you know, his whole take on it. And Raquel did respond. And she said, okay, 100 emoji. You're not wrong. I should have had more self-respect than that and should have respected the relationship that Ariana had with Tom. No excuses. However, okay, so there is an excuse. Um, looking back, I see I had low self-esteem and Tom kept telling me he was actively breaking up with her, quote unquote, amicably for her mental health, which I can now see was magical thinking. He had a million and one reasons why they hadn't broken up yet and it was easier to stay in that fantasy than to face the fact that the social anxiety and isolation was not worth it. So yes, Absolutely or 100% right. It was my responsibility to remove myself from that situation. Now I know better. Okay. So that's Raquel's sort of change of tune all of a sudden. Maybe it's, I mean, it's probably because of all the backlash that her and Bethany have had from this interview. 
And I mean, no excuses. However, here's my list of excuses. And then at the end, it was my responsibility. But I had social anxiety and, you know, I was I was I was scared of isolation. I was like, again, it's a lot of excuses. I just I don't know. I feel like Raquel will never fully take responsibility in the way that she needs needs to. And she also says in it, like, you know, now I know better. What do you mean? Like now, as in opposed to what, two weeks ago? Like, just two weeks ago, you were making tons of excuses, justifying your actions, and blaming Ariana. And what, now that because people didn't, you know, fall for it, and because you're getting called on it, suddenly you've realized two weeks later? Like, if you didn't realize for the months or 40 days that you were in a mental health facility, and then you also went on Bethany's podcast and said everything you said, like, it's... It's giving very fake, inauthentic, just, you know, trying to save face at the last second. Like, this is like her last desperate attempt. That's all I can take from it. And probably realizing what a huge, huge mistake she made going on Bethany's podcast. I wonder if she realizes she was used and manipulated. Like, I don't know if she's smart enough to realize that, but... Everybody else does, so I wonder if her reading other people's takes is now kind of awakening that. So, I don't know. Could be. All right. Sort of on a similar topic, um, Bravo is refuting the claim that reality stars can't break their NDAs without punishment. So, basically, Bethany put out about a week ago, or her lawyer or whatever, was like, you need to... Bravo we are demanding that Bravo and NBC release stars from NDA so that they can talk about all the unlawful acts that happened or whatever. So Bravo's put out a statement and says they can already do that. So Bravo's put out a statement that says confidentiality clauses are standard practice. They aren't meant to stop employees from reporting on unlawful acts in the workplace. And they reiterate that stars are free to discuss any Things like discrimination, harassment, etc. That's not what the NDAs are for. So there you go. So Bravo basically is saying that they they could always say whatever they wanted about discrimination and harassment, and the NDAs that exist are a different thing and have nothing to do with that. So again, Bethany's lawyer's letter is largely performative. All right according to the Bravo rep. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, so much going on. So let's talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, so last night was the finale and Kenya called out production even more. So a few tweets from her. She said, Let's not forget they didn't film or show Brooklyn's third birthday party where we were dressed up as mermaids. All the RHOA kids were there, including Eva Marcel's kids, um, Ace, Anaya, Blaze, right? And then she lists everyone who was there, okay? And then she has pictures of the kids. And then somebody commented um, or wrote a tweet saying, production seemed to have heavily marketed all of Candy's business adventures. I'm assuming they meant ventures. They marketed both her restaurants as well as the movie that was just released. 
Kenya retweeted that or quoted it and said, all her facts, all her businesses, you can't pick and choose and show random scenes that don't support a full storyline. So I guess she's saying like, you know, they're not supporting a storyline of Kenya's business. Um, Somebody else said, if this is actually her spa, meaning Kenya, there's a conscious business decision she's made to not have it featured on the show. Kenya says, completely false. I wanted it seen because it's marketing and the show follows my life. My salon spa opening has a beginning, middle, and end. The end was intentionally deleted while others were focused um, on, or sorry, where others were focused on that fell out of the sky. So I guess that was like Marlo, <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, now, another thing happened, which was Courtney got caught on a hot mic. So if you watched the finale last night, if you didn't, spoilers, spoiler alert, okay? Um, so maybe fast forward a little bit because I'm going to talk about what Courtney said on the hot mic last night on the finale. So Courtney made this like, I don't know, these like disgusting comments in my opinion. So she was talking about uh, Drew and Ralph getting divorced. And she was basically like, oh yeah, I've heard stuff about Drew that she's like, you know, she's a good time, bisexual, like kind of implying like that a bisexual person is inherently promiscuous. Like, I don't know. That's what it sounded like to me. I thought it came off a little homophobic. And then she said something about like, oh, that's why she wanted Ralph to um, to adopt her son so that she could go do her gay lover thing. Uh, okay, so if she has a new relationship and it happens to be with a woman, then that means that she's somehow now a bad mother that wants to abandon her children. Like, uh, okay, Courtney, I, I don't know. I already didn't like Courtney. Now I really don't like Courtney. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, it's not just that. It's also the fact that she's, I don't know, like kind of pretending to be like Ralph's cousin or whatever and pretending like she's family. But really, she seems like she's just was there all along to try and take down Drew and to help Ralph, which is, I mean, not surprising, but still like, who are you? Like, where did she even come from? Like, she comes out, she's first trying to start shit with Candy, which she did activate Candy, I'll say that. Then she's like, trying to activate Kenya, which did not work because Kenya will only go up against like people who she sees as legit opponents. And then she goes after Drew, trying to take her down and make it look like it's her mar her fault that her marriage fell apart, which it's not in my opinion. But anyways, I'm sure Drew had her faults and they both did and whatever. But Ralph is garbage. I mean, to me, that's a fact. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, just even just watching the way that he behaved on last night's episode, like, my God. Like, bleh. Okay? So, anyways, back to Courtney. She also had this comment on Instagram that she put. Like, she's, like, she's so thirsty to be on the show and seems like she's doing whatever it'll take. But then she puts this comment on Instagram. Or maybe this was Twitter. I think it was Twitter. Okay. The energy you give after securing your career and bag, 
Your investment accounts are solid. You're building a legacy jewelry brand. Your family and friends love you in real life. And you were approached and invited to join a reality show as a hobby. Hashtag winning in real life. Hashtag RHOA. Okay, first of all, if that's really how you feel, why did you have to hashtag RHOA? Second of all, no. If this was really just like a hobby, she would not have been trying so hard to be like to give this like main character energy and start shit with everyone left, right and center. And then not to mention this like final mic moment, the way she's like telling all of Drew's business and stuff. And again, like this was a hot mic. So I don't even know if it call it a hot mic. They were doing confessionals and then they just kind of like push the camera up so it's kind of like looking up at the ceiling and I guess she thought they weren't filming but they were so you can just see like the top half of her head it's like from her eyes up and she keeps talking so okay okay and now I've gotten like an update that's seriously like just now okay so on now I haven't watched this episode of um speak on it which is Candy's kind of like after show but she did a episode with Courtney and then deleted it and made some changes. So apparently, and I'm seeing this on at She Speaks Bravo's Instagram, um, there was some backlash to the original interview and then it was changed. So here are some of the comments on the, I'm, I'm not going to read all of them, but if you want to see them all, you can go to at She Speaks Bravo's um, Instagram and she has quite a few of the comments. So this was an episode of Speak On It with Candy and Courtney. So someone wrote, um, they took out part, they took out the part where she, can, uh, Courtney, was talking about Drew's sister's mental health. So that's Allison, who we know has struggled with mental health. She was saying they were feeding her liquor And I won't repeat the nasty stuff, but I'm glad they took it out. Okay. And if you remember from last night, like, Allison is not a fan of Courtney for good reason. Um, Somebody's like, why did you edit out the mental health portion? Side mouth was yapping about. (laughs) Courtney is so side mouth. Okay. Um, Candy, why did you take down the first video? Someone also wrote, this was the most spiteful, deceitful, and distasteful speak on it I've watched. This was a bash session. Wow. Um, It was basically all about Drew and Ralph's marriage, people are saying, like just bashing Drew. Um, Somebody else says, why is Kenny giving this woman a platform to bash Drew at the time that she's grieving the loss of her father? Not cool. Somebody else wrote, message for Candy, Jammy, and her team. Please apologize. As many of us, it's triggering to have someone make light of mental illness the way Courtney did. I mean this in the most sincere and non I mean this in the most sincere and non-confrontational way, but her words hurt many people. This ain't just some social media outrage. It was a mistake to have her on anyways, and although Candy never said anything discouraging, laughing in jest or nervously doesn't make it any better. Thoroughly disappointed. Wow. Okay. And Kenya as well did tweet about Courtney last night, by the way, like saying, basically saying like Courtney's disgusting. So she did, you know, come out and defend um, Drew against Courtney. I put that on my Instagram story as well. 
Um, but yeah, so the original video was deleted, um, but people are not happy. Like people are like, I like candy. This is not okay. You know, Drew lies, but Courtney's trying to make it seem like it's all Drew's fault. Like just, okay. A lot. Wow. Everyone's saying it's more, it was more Courtney than Candy and that it seemed like Candy maybe was laughing nervously, which I really hope so. Okay. So more on that, I guess, as we get towards the reunion. I'm sure that, I feel like Candy will address it because she usually addresses stuff like that, um, especially when it gets that much attention. So I guess we'll see. All right. Let's go on to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because we got some stuff to talk about with them. Um, Kyle took a family trip and I'm going to call it, I called it in my notes, Kyle's weird family trip <laughs> because basically because, you know, the pictures were weird. Okay. So they, they went on this trip and it's like, it's like they're trying to show that they're still a family. It's they went to Italy, sorry. That they're trying to show that they're still a family and that they're still they still love each other, but then they're not really together. Or at least it's clear they're not based on the picture. So it's like Kyle, all the kids and Mo, but you know, Kyle and Mo are not like touching and they're kind of separated by the railing of a staircase. And then there's like individual pics of all her daughters. And then there's another pic of, again, her, Mo, and the kids. But again, she's on one side, he's on the other. There's more pictures of her kids. There's pictures of her and her kids without him. Like, and there's no pics of her and Mo together. So, I mean, like, it's fine. If you and Mauricio are not together, but you're good with it, like, maybe they're both good with it. Like, maybe Kyle fell in love with someone else. Mauricio's been trying to, Mauricio's good with it because he's been getting out and, you know, doing his thing with younger women for a long time. Like, maybe they're both fine with it and they're good with co-parent. Like, we're all fine with that too, Kyle. Like, you don't have to fake it. We're good. Just, it's just like, it's so hard for her to be authentic. And it's like, she's got this like idea in her head of what and how she needs to be. And I think she's torturing herself more than anyone else. Like, I don't think anyone cares as much as Kyle thinks that they care. Like, I don't know if she thinks people are going to judge her for getting a divorce or something. Like, we practically expect housewives couples to get divorces. It happens every five minutes. Like, it's not shocking at all. It's one of the less... Sh like, yes, it's shocking that it's her and Mauricio because they've been a longtime couple. But they've had a long marriage... You know, they have some, they have great kids. They both seem like, I don't know, decent. I don't know, maybe not, but I was going to say they both seem like decent people, but I think I changed my mind about that. But anyways, so I don't know. I don't know what she's trying to pull. She also did an Instagram live where she was asked if she's going to Europe anytime soon. Again, I guess. And she said she's going to be going to Paris in the fall. And guess who's going to be doing a concert in Paris in the fall? Morgan Wade. Same time that Kyle's going, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, take that as you will. All right. Uh, as well, another thing kind of related to Kyle is that um, Farah, her daughter, 
has, it seems like, has called off her engagement or was confirmed. Okay. So someone, so I got this from at face reality 16. She's got a whole post about it. Um, but a lot of people were noticing that she wasn't wearing her engagement ring. Um, he wasn't on the trip to Italy. Um, you know, there was like a story about how her wedding planning was not going great. Um, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I think the, it seems like probably these breakups are happening like between Farah and her fiance and Kyle and Mo. And they're probably just saving them because this family is like, they are a business. They're like, listen, we both got reality shows. Let's make some money. So save the storylines for the shows. Now, I mean, it's arguable that you could share it and then people are still going to watch it because they're going to want to see it unfold. But I don't know. I feel like this family, they don't like to, they like to control it too much. Right. So I feel like they would do the breakups and have all the messy stuff happen off camera. And then they're going to give us a contrived, edited, pretty version of it all on the Netflix show and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So we're not going to get like a good version of it, like a real version of it, like we did with that like last episode of Vanderpump Rules. I think Kyle is way too image conscious and she she's just not going to let us see that kind of messy side of her and Mauricio which is part of the reason why I've never, you know, loved her as a reality star. I think a lot of her, like, really messy moments that have come out on camera have been much to her chagrin and that she's been, like, her arms almost been twisted in it and mostly because of Kim and Kathy <laughs> twisting it. All right, so another little story is that Erica Jane um, began her Vegas residency and there's like a video going around of it. I posted it once on my story, but I didn't want to give it a ton of attention. I'm like, I have not forgiven Erica Jane. I still think she was involved in all of that a lot. And I don't know. I'm just, I was not a fan before. I'm not a fan now. I don't understand people that are like, oh, all is forgiven. Look at her doing her show. She's so hot. Look at her moves. Like, I'm just like, I can't even look at her. Like, I'm still like, ugh. I'm fine with her on the show as a villain. But like people who are trying to be like, yes, queen, like while she dances in Vegas. I don't know. I just can't get down with that. Nor do I have any desire to like help her promote by sharing all her videos and pictures and stuff. I don't even follow her on Instagram for that reason. Uh, although I think she might have blocked me last season anyways, but all right. Last story for today is Roni. So new Roni. Um, there was a report that Jessel Tank, who I have come to love on Roni. I mean, she's just my favorite character. So quote unquote character on the show. So when we first started the season, I was not a fan of Jessel. I thought she was like annoying and like her like little temper tantrum about the nightgown. Like I was like, oh God, like go away. But I got to admit, like she's gotten under my skin <laughs> and in a good way. Like now I kind of see why she's on this show and I think she's really good for the show. And I know there's still people who are like, oh, she's this, she's that, blah, blah, blah. But like, 
when I am choosing who I like the most on a show, it is purely entertainment value. Like, I don't choose my favorite housewives based on, like, who I think is, like, the best person or the most moral and virtuous. Like, I'm actually usually into the villains often. Like, that's why I've always loved Kenya, even before she got kind of a redemption arc. Like, when everyone hated her, I was like, I like her. Like, I always liked her. I've always liked Jen Aiden from the jump. I like whoever's bringing it, okay? Like, I don't care... You know, I like whoever is the most entertaining. Jessel is the most entertaining. She just is. And, like, she's got all these other girls spinning in circles, like, trying to figure out, trying to figure her out. You know, she's, her and her husband are freaking hilarious. I just, I love it all. I love how she just, like, says whatever she wants to say. And she doesn't mean it to be mean, but it can come out that way. And it's hilarious. I'm sorry. It's funny. Um, But the U.S. Sun reports that, She moved to there, New York, in September 2022, a month before filming began, and that her 3,000 square foot Chelsea apartment was taken off the market or was on the market for five million and then was mysteriously taken off in September 2022. So, okay. She has responded. So she responded in a comment poking fun at it, saying like, oh yeah, my husband's and kids are rented too. I found them on Craigslist. Then I guess someone else kind of followed up with like, okay, so can you confirm this is not true? And I don't think she responded. Um, I also posted this as like sort of a blind or whatever that I had seen on, I think it was on Dumois. And I posted it in my story. Jessel does follow me. Um, She started following me, I don't know maybe like episode four around when I did the Twitter roundup for episode four, which is totally cool. I was like, oh my God, she's following me. I have a few Bravo lebs that follow me. She's one of them. Um, and, and I think it's because I had done a roundup where I was basically like, oh, you know what? I think Jessel's kind of funny. And a lot of people were like, this girl's hilarious. And she made a comment on one of my Twitter roundups being like, I, you know, Basically, like, I'm an acquired taste. Like, it takes me some time before people start to like me. But, like, once you get to know me, I'm I'm likable, basically. And, you know, everyone thought it was funny and was liking it. And then she started following me. So that's really cool. Um, but she did respond to my DM because of what I put in my story. So <laughs> that's the thing is, like, sometimes the Bravo Lebs will follow me. And it is cool. But sometimes I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm almost like, oh God, I still want to post everything that I would have posted, whether you follow me or not. So, you know, I saw this tea and I'm still going to post it. I'm sorry. But she did send me a DM and basically was like, this is how rumors start with a laughing face emoji. So I liked it and I responded and I said, okay, so can you confirm? So confirm it's not true, question mark. And she never replied. So she didn't reply to that. She didn't reply to the one on the other story. So I don't know, maybe she did just move to New York in September 2022. I don't think that that's a big deal, though. Like, I I don't care. Like, I guess people would be like, no, we're supposed to be getting, like, New Yorkers. But, like, if she's moving to New York and is going to be setting up house permanently there, they should have just, the show should have just embraced that. Like, here is the new New Yorker. Because that is what New York is. Like... A lot of people move there with, like, dreams of 
either making it big or whatever, or they move there and they set up a life and whatever. Like it's, there's, I don't think there's like the majority of the population of New York City is people who were born there. Yes, there are a lot of those, but there's also a lot of people who've immigrated from other countries and like, like, I just don't think this is that big of a deal. Now, it does, I guess it does kind of clarify the whole like Tribeca thing because <laughs> she was like, seemed like she didn't know about Tribeca, but I don't know. I just like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I also, if she is like trying to lie about it, I like, I don't really think she needs to. Anyways, then people are like, oh yeah, she also purchased a home in Texas in May of 2022. Yeah, okay. A lot of rich people do that. They have multiple properties. Like, I don't really see that that's... Maybe they want to leave New York sometimes during the winter to get a break. Like, New York winter is like Toronto winter. Like, it's it's rough. Okay? So, like, I could understand that. Anyways, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but some people were taking it like Bryn got all, like, bent out of shape and was like, can we not criticize people for renting? Because I was like, no one's criticizing her for renting. She's living in a 3,000 square foot Chelsea apartment. Like, no one's like, oh, you're a renter. You have no money, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's living in a $5 million apartment. People were criticizing that she may not be an actual New Yorker. And I guess, I think some people had it in their head that the people on the show were going to be people who already live in New York and have established lives there, not someone who's brand new to there. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with renting. Like, renting versus owning. I really don't. Again, that's my interpretation. Um, I also think that if you know anything about New York, you would know that renting is not, like, an abnormal thing, nor is it anything to be embarrassed of, because it's what most people do. Okay, so... That is all for today. I know that was a long one, but it's because of the Ariana Sheena interview, but it was important. I wanted to go over it and make sure that you had all the info plus my thoughts, obviously. So thank you so much for listening today and I will see you next week. Oh yes, one last thing before we wrap up. I have finished reading House of Hilton. And I am working on my bonus Richard Sister episode. It's probably going to be multi-part because there's the whole, you know, background with the book and stuff, you know, stuff about that. And then there's also like their lives since then on the show. So it's probably going to be multi-part, which I'm sure is fine. Um, so I might release like, you know, I'm hoping to release part one um, in the next week and then release part two in September. And if there's part three, October, kind of do it that way. Because there's a lot. Okay. A lot. <laughs> okay. So thank you everyone. And you are in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, 
please go to buymeacoffee.com slash bravoandbotox for some much-needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Bravo.